When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm that guy. And this week, in case you couldn't tell by BJ's ominous that guy, um, <laughs> we're talking about the eight party member that we're not supposed to talk about because of spoilers. It's true. Early warning, spoilers, this whole episode is a spoiler. Yes, if you uh, have not played much of Eleven or seen spoilers yet uh, or anything at all, like if you don't want to know pretty major plot stuff, stop listening right now and go play the game. Yeah, and if you've listened to our other episodes, you know who this is already. So we're kind of just assuming this spoiler warning is for people who maybe haven't listened to the last like six episodes. It's true, because I think we've called this character by name a number of times, but we didn't let you know it was that guy but we did the after spoiler warning it's for true. Those episodes. i feel like most of the time who knows either way i don't know we are talking about sweet little henny winnie <laughs> oh henny winnie you're henny so pretty winnie. yeah hendrick um so uh, i did want to mention though before we get too far into hendrick i forgot to mention this in the last episode that jade we always talk about the voice actors and everything mm-hmm. that jade uh, is actually voiced by laura aikman and she voices another martial artist monk lady that I really enjoy. It's one of my favorite characters in Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Stormblood, Lise. Oh, really? She's Lise. Um, so yeah, so she's voiced she's voiced that character since forever. That's really awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. So um, really cool. I thought, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I had looked I looked it up because I realized uh, just like the other day that in that episode we never talked about Jade's uh, voice actor. And yeah. So I looked it up and. And Stormblood was like one of the top credits and it said that she voiced Lise. And I was like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> I really like that character too. Yeah. That makes me really happy to know. Yeah. We also have a new patron Woo! again this week. So as usual, BJ has a real nice thank you to our newest Patreon patron, JJ boy. JJ boy. JJ boy. You're not BJ boy. That's me. You JJ boy. And you great. Thank you so much. I really want to call you BJ Boy now. I think you have to. <laughs> don't Google BJ Boy. <laughs> to be don't don't at all. To be fair, my grandma used to call me BG Boy. Like that was my what she used to call me when I was a little kid. So that's what it all all sounds like. It sounds like you're you're trying to be my grandma. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk like this. Hey, little BJ Boy. Nope. I just want to pick your little cheekies. Nope. Nope. That sound never like said your grandma. That. Nope. Aww. Not at all. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, so Hendrick, let's get jump straight into talking about Hendrick. Hendrick is voiced by John Hopkins. Like the university? Yeah, who founded a really famous hospital in Maryland and despite being born in 1873, uh, was able to voice a character in Dragon Quest Eleven. That's impressive. Like, know, that guy's right? got a resume. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, what, 150 years old? And likes what we like. It's yeah, It's astonishing. I know. So I was like, man, I can't. That was so nice of the guy. 
you know, not many people uh, get into voice acting when they're 150 years old. But uh-uh. leave it up to John Hopkins. No, this is a different John Hopkins. I guess the I, I think the hospital is like Johns Hopkins. Right? It's Johns it? Hopkins. Yeah. And Johns Hopkins University. Oh, Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so this voice actor, John Hopkins, uh, I, I looked him up on IMDb as I, I usually do uh, in these episodes. And uh, he he's done a lot of video game work. One of the most recent ones I could find was Horizon Zero Dawn, which I have not played. Mm. I keep hearing such wonderful things about that game. And apparently it takes a little while to get into to really see what the game is about. But once you do, apparently it is it is really solid. And it's one that I'll eventually grab on sale because it's one of those kind of open world uh, survival games that are hit and miss. But apparently it's really hit if you can get into it. Yeah, uh, my cousin Jaden loved it. Like he he platinum trophied the base game on PS4, oh, and then wow. like got all the trophies for like all the the side content. Holy cow! <laughs> like he did all all of it. Yeah, and he he's talked to me about it a lot and just speaks very highly of it. And I yeah. just you know never uh, never played it myself. Uh, but anyway, so Hendrick John Hopkins looks like he like a lot of the actors we have talked about in these episodes uh did appear in some live action like bbc work Mm -hmm. um but um most of his work seems to be in voice acting and he does do a great job as hendrick voice acting hendrick uh in this and that's really all i have to to base it on uh right looking at his imdb page yeah and he's uh he does hendrick so well he's one of those characters that really feels like a real person as opposed to them like you know rab plays this character but uh, hendrick just seems like a dude you know yeah, yeah. That's especially later. I mean, when he starts out, he's kind of just a, a like stereotype, right? Initially. He is at the beginning. He's like, "I'm a knight." Hello. Yeah. So Hendrick in combat. Let's talk about Hendrick in combat for a little bit. He ha- he uses really big swords, great swords. Uh, yep. He can use shields. Um, I never. I don't think I ever equipped him with a shield. I think I equipped him with a shield once. Whenever he got the uh, what's what's the knight called? Dresden. Mm-hmm. Isn't that isn't that Erdwin's uh, yep. old night pal when you get like the the shield and all of that stuff from him? Yeah, the Dresden's labyrinth and all that. Yeah, I equipped Hendrick with that shield and just I didn't I never used shields with him. I always Mm-mm. just kept him with the great swords with the two-handed swords and never looked back. And he <laughs> was a beast that way. I I don't know if I ever I may have equipped him with other weapons at some point but it was always just the uh whenever i needed him it was going to be uh two-handed swords yeah so it sounds like we, we probably played hendrick the same and he was he did so much damage like he just took care of everything yeah he did i kept him in my party all the time in on the ps4 yep. but something about him on the switch i don't know i did not use him nearly as much on the switch Really? Um, kind of, kind of like I said in the last episode, yeah, I, I used Jade could hit really hard too, and she was faster. She had more agility than Hendrick. So in a lot of the battles, Jade would always go first, no matter what, because she's just so fast. Yeah. And so I, I always ended up having Jade in my party. And, and really, I didn't notice a huge discrepancy in damage uh, dealt from the way I played Jade and the way I played Hendrick in like the end game stuff. And if, if I, unless I'm remembering it completely incorrectly, Hendrick had a heel, didn't he? He did. He yeah, did. He, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, because when I was had him set to fight wisely, he just 
owned everything. And if somebody took damage, he was just like, oh, hold on. And then healed them too. And I'm like, Hendrick, you perfect. It's like, you, you my boy. <laughs> See, and I didn't like that Hendrick uh, would heal himself if I had the, like, the settings set to fight wisely or whatever. Yeah. Because his health, his heals wouldn't be as powerful as like Rab's or Serena's. Right. And I was like, oh, come on, Hendrick. I want you to hit hard right now <laughs> and let, let Serena do the heal because she's about to go next. You know what I mean? I would usually, those are the two that I would pop in and out though. I would usually replace Hendrick with Serena when I needed something big. So they were rarely, if ever, in the party at the same time for me. I gotcha. And so, but Hendrick, you talking about heals and stuff. Hendrick does kind of fit in to that. Because on the surface, he looks like a warrior, if we're going by Dragon Quest vocations. Yeah. But he, but he's really a paladin. Paladin, I mean, he, yeah. He doesn't use spears. Most paladins in Dragon Quest games use spears. Just in terms of the abilities and everything he has, he's definitely somewhere between like this tank warrior and, and a paladin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I like him better than either of the like base classes on that. Like I tend not to use just regular warrior and I tend to uh, want to love paladins and then not use them nearly as much as I think that I want to once I get them. Gotcha. My main hero in Dragon Quest Nine was a paladin, so I, I played the crap out of a paladin in Nine. <laughs> Fair. That's why I wanted Dragon Quest of the Stars to be, and uh, I leveled it up, and I was like, I don't like this. And yeah, I got gotcha. Then the game, I never went back either. So, so Hendrix outfits. I I said this I think in in last week's episode. Uh, Hendrick was another one that I kind of kept in just his standard outfit. Yeah. Uh, for for like a huge chunk of time. Um, I really liked that, and I liked that it was kind of a, I thought, a subtle. I've seen people post online saying it's not so subtle, but I thought it was kind of a nice, subtle reference to Erdrick. Right. From Dragon Quest Three. Yeah, I mean, I did not think it was very subtle at all. It looked like him. You thought it looked like him? Yeah. Huh. See, I I thought the colors were off just enough from that that it didn't... Yeah, I mean, it's black instead of blue, but it looks like Erdrick's armor to me. With the way that the uh, the the kilt comes down on uh, on Hendrick and the red interior of the cape with the yellow, with the gold uh, banding, I don't know. Yeah, It does. It looks like Erdrick to me. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I saw after the fact, like even after I'd beat the Switch version, yeah. where someone was talking about how, the, it seems like the game is trying to trick you there at the beginning that Erdrick is the hero because in Act 2, yeah. you know, they talk about the savior, they talk about the hero, and you don't know it's Hendrick. And then because of the camera angles and all, it shows like his blue tunic, you know, and like his yellow arm reaching out with his glove and all mm-hmm. that, like it's going to be Erdrick. And I totally didn't get that in any of my playthroughs. I don't know if I'm just stupid <laughs> or, or just lack the finesse to like notice those kinds of things or what. But I totally didn't get that. And then I saw that online and I was like, yeah, they're right. That is, that does seem like it's kind of obvious that that's what they were going for yeah. with that outfit. And it, but it totally all just like went over my head like every time I've played this game. <laughs> yeah, and I saw that, and then I also knew that it wasn't going to be the case whenever you had told me very early on about uh, the Luminary being uh, Erdrick getting the title and everything at the end of the game, that you had uh, told me all about that, so I knew what to expect and when. I guess part of it, too, was that I always thought it was very obvious that Hendrick was going to be your eighth party member. 
I even, I don't know if you remember this, but even like not very long into first playing 11, I was texting you and I was even like, I think it's really obvious that Hendrick is going to be a good guy and like join your party later in the game. Do you remember that? Uh, no. You don't remember anything. I don't, I don't even know. I don't why remember I asked I don't know why I even asked you if you remembered it. That was totally <laughs> just a waste of 30 it, seconds of it my was. life. It was. It was. <laughs> but, but yeah, I thought just based on his personality and everything and knowing going in that there was going to be like this secret eighth party member that you were going to get. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was because even even just a few hours into that game when Hendrick is after you, it's like, it's pretty obvious that he's really a good guy. Like he's, he's working right. for the wrong side and he thinks it's the right side, but like, he's really a good guy. And I think, I don't know something, maybe it was just his character design seemed too good to just be a throwaway NPC. I don't know. For whatever reason, I thought it was really obvious that Hendrick was going to be my eighth party member. And so, um, so maybe that's why when I got there, I wasn't like, Oh, maybe is this Erdrick? What's going on? Maybe, mm. Because I was already just like, yeah, it's got to be Hendrick. Like, of course, he would have like rescued these people and it's Heliodor. So it's got to be Hendrick kind of thing. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think you told me already what was going on because I didn't care about spoilers at yeah. that point. Uh, I just wanted to know what was going on. And uh, so it didn't get me like that either. Yeah, because you were like you had played it on PC and then you were like, I think I'm just going to wait until 11S comes out. And, and you about had a conniption and we're like, I have to talk about this with somebody. Yeah. But I, Hey, I still kept quite a few spoilers away from you. You did. You did. <laughs> like even, even though you asked for spoilers, I tried to keep some big ones away. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, but going back to the outfit. So I kept him in a standard outfit, kind of pretty much most of the game. I do like his Heliodor armor, that black armor right. uh, that he's with at the beginning. Um, on PS4, I mostly kept him on uh, the general. Is what the yeah, outfit is called. That's what I generally kept. <laughs> generally, generally uh, yeah. kept him in as well, just because it looked really cool. Yeah, and it saved you a ton on car insurance. No, <laughs> I can't. I don't, can't think of the general theme I can't song either. I just picture that terrible CGI general walking into the sunset with Shaq, and I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, all right. So anyway, I kept him on the general uh, for a lot of the time. Right. Um, and then Heliodor armor. And, but mostly his just his standard outfit. I'm pretty sure it's what I is why I kept him at 80 percent of the time. Really? Yeah. Once I got the general, I liked it. I'm looking through them right now and I didn't get uh, the white outfit the, of the field marshal. Oh, the I, whole outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I love the white one. Like I'm looking at it now and I wish I'd gotten it. I can't even remember how I got, I mean, I got them all, but I can't remember how I got that one. Does yeah, I don't tell know. You? Does it tell it, you on the thing you're looking at? How it just you... says, uh, found behind an ultimate door key in the cryptic crypts. Oh, okay. Uh, so you yeah, so craft it. So it's in the, so it's probably like a recipe that you yeah. find. See, you don't get the ultimate key until after the first credits. Yeah. And I got it. I mean, I went through and got it. I just didn't seek out a lot of stuff whenever I did it. Yeah, you just didn't go around trying to open all the treasure chests. Like yeah. <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't look them up. I went to the ones I remembered and that I came across. I just didn't grab a list and go straight down through them uh, to go seek them out. Yeah, I and, gotcha. uh, I, I think I, I think I Googled a list on PS4 um, to like make sure I got them all once I had thought I got them all. And yeah. then um, 
I don't remember doing that for Switch though, because I mean I played the game like less than a year ago, so it's yeah, like, pretty easy to remember that stuff generally. And uh, then I wish that we had been able, you know, I don't like the parade. Everybody who has listened to the Silvando episode has like come at me because I'm the only person in the world who just really did not like the parade in uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh, yeah. We're referring to it as Parade Gate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I gate. know. It's a gate now. <laughs> I know. Parade Gate is a, is a big thing. And uh, I'm going to be subpoenaed soon for uh, to, to be brought before the tribunal. And... I will say, though, Hendrick's clown costume during the parade is a highlight of the game that I wish I could have kept him in 100% of the time. Like, if that had been the, the outfit that you get from beating the Time Worm boss instead of the Blue Bunny outfit, then I would have been like, yeah, it's worth it, just it's, because it's that clown outfit. <laughs> it's 100% worth it. I would have gone and done it. Like, I would have uh, powered through all of the Altar of Ages stuff, which I still want to do, but I would have done it by now just so I could put that turquoise clown nose and big baggy clown suit on Hendrick all the time. Like, it is, it is a missed opportunity in so many ways for Square Enix not to have made that something that you could keep especially after letting the Luminary and Silvando keep theirs. Yeah, and just the, aqu- the awkward little dance he does like when he's, uh, when he's dressed like the clown is just yeah, it's wonderful. So, so great. I know. Like it's, I... it's maybe the highlight of the game when you see it. Like, as it starts, like, I didn't like any of the Silvando uh, leading up to the parade. I didn't really like the parade at all. But then seeing Hendrick with this giant sword and roughly uh, collar, I'm like, <laughs> you perfect. Yeah, when, I, when I'm on my deathbed and, like, my children or grandchildren are like, Dad, are like, Dad did you have any regrets? I'm going to say, yes. You couldn't get the clown outfit in Dragon <laughs> Quest 11S, and then I'm gonna die. <laughs> I will. I will make sure that as when that happens, and I know it will. Um, I'm gonna make sure that you're when you are buried and in your casket, you're in a clown suit like that with a replica greatsword, so that you can cosplay into the afterlife. But that assumes that you're gonna suit. die after me. Oh, you know I will. You, you've been saying that you're going to die like young since I've known you. Yeah, <laughs> since you were like 19. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> Hendrick on Twitter. Let's talk about Hendrick on Twitter. Um, we asked people what they liked about, uh, air quotes here, Blue John, because I had taken... This is what happened, okay? So when I was playing through 11S, you know, Blue John, he's the guy that, that you know, fishes out the luminary in Act 2. Oh, I didn't remember his name. And he's he's really funny. They give him the name Blue John, and he c- talks about himself in like the third person. He's like, "Oh, Blue John caught a big one this time." <laughs> oh, and I no. took some sc- I took some screenshots of him because, I mean, this has been like what seven, eight months ago now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I took screenshots because I was like. I'm going to use this later. I don't know when, I don't know why, <laughs> but, but I'm you're going to, you I'm know, going it. to. Yeah. And so I used a blue John screenshot uh, that I had taken on the switch uh, to post with the Hendrick thing. And I was just like, uh, I, I used that as a ruse to get, to get people that say what they liked about Hendrick. Wow. Uh, so nice. yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did get to use at least one of my blue John, John screenshots and they will they'll be there again like you know you're gonna use those yeah i don't know i just i liked that character he's a random npc who's in the game for all of five minutes but like something about him i just liked him so hendrick on twitter we asked people on twitter what they liked about him 
and we took a few answers that we got to talk about in today's episode. Uh, so Dr. Mysterio said that they liked his heroism, his bravery, his loyalty, strong moral compass, despite his more tragic past, makes him their all-time favorite of the Dragon Quest Eleven party. So that's... Nice. That's a, yeah, I mean, he's probably my number two after Silvando. Um, but honestly... Even playing him on the Switch version, like there were times where I was like, man, maybe Hendrick is my favorite party <laughs> member. Like, I really like Hendrick a lot. Like when he is actually, as far as combat, for sure. Like yeah, he's, yeah. I'm sad when he's not in my party. Yeah. Emmy said, when I first met him, I thought I would hate him throughout the game. But when he joined, he became one of my favorite party members as I learned more about him. Uh, so another person who considers Hendrick to be one of their favorite party members. Uh, Sack Chief said his entire story arc and redemption embodies DQ's theme of forgiveness and the idea that an enemy can become your friend really works here. Yeah, I think of all the all the like enemies that become your friends that exist in Dragon Quest games, I think Hendrick is by far my favorite. He's he's good. Like that's one of the things like he he seems like a person as opposed to just this, you know, hitting a plot point. Yeah. To have somebody in your party that used to be an enemy. Yeah. So, I definitely like I'm just trying to quickly run through my head here any of the kind of like enemies that become friendly later in Dragon Quest games. And like I don't think any of them like hold a candle to Hendrick. Mm-mm. Some people might say Terry, but I don't like Terry from Dragon Quest Six. I, I still don't understand why he's a fan favorite. <laughs> and I haven't played Six, so I can't say anything at all about Terry. <laughs> I, I don't like him in... I, I assume it's because of the Monsters spinoffs. Right. Why people like him and he kind of has that people think he has a cool design. I think it looks like a I think it looks like a link knockoff. I like his design. Like I I really do like his design. Like I had read at some point, maybe in the Kira Toriyama uh, Dragon Quest art book, that that was actually one of the tossed designs for the hero of 6. Yeah. Uh, and then they they threw it out. They didn't like him as the main hero uh for reasons. And then but they brought him in as a character, as a playable character. Uh, because they thought the design was too good to just completely toss right and i i get that like i really like it i honestly like it better than uh the way that the hero looks in it because as much as i love the goku hair on the six hero i think that uh, terry looks a little more unique huh interesting yeah, I mean, and I like the hero. Like, it's one of those where he's one of the the better uh, hero designs. But if I'd seen Terry as the hero, that's the kind of thing that would make me play a game. Kind of like uh, the Monsters Joker. The reason I grabbed the first Joker was because I like the hero design. Yeah, and the hero from Joker just looks like the hero from Six, but with gray hair instead of blue hair. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's just the way that it's styled. So I'm I'm a fickle I'm a fickle mistress. This whole thing is a paradox. It is. <laughs> I'm I'm about to pop out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna slowly fade away from all your family photos. <laughs> so uh, Steve Whitcamp said, "Loved that character. He was a wonderful surprise and had some unexpectedly funny moments in Act Two, uh, which I assume is referring to a couple of things. Uh, number one has to be the clown suit that we already talked about." Uh, number two, probably uh, several other people mentioned this and why they like Hendrick is Hendrick. He's this very upright person, but he knows a thing or two about Rab's dirty magazine. He does. He's like, oh, look at you. You've got the collector's edition. He, he knows he knows the issue. And he's like, oh, in mint condition. Like <laughs> and then he gets really embarrassed about it. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah. 
Uh, definitely another one of my favorite moments of Act Two is Hendrick uh, finding Rab's magazine, finding it Rab's Ogler's Digest. It is wonderful. It's uh, it's like when you uh, look at it, see adult site uh, traffic, and so much of it comes from Utah. It's uh, it's hilarious. Is that is that a, is that a real thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Huh. It's, Interesting. It's, it's great. Like it has a, uh, I wouldn't say disproportionate amount, but a very high amount uh, coming from Utah, which is predominantly Mormon, which uh, tends to uh, teach against that kind of adult content. Is that where the salt in the Salt Lake comes from? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, this is a family friendly show. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, just, it was too good not to say. That is, that is the worst. <laughs> thing you have ever said i'm sorry so uh so going back to our questions here (laughs) really quickly i wanted to give an honorable mention to uh todd for this funny comment i thought it was really hilarious uh he said uh when hendrick joined i thought oh wow he's going to join my team now cool and then i thought you're just like a sword guy you're a normal guy with a sword you aren't an adult in a kid's body or a circus performer or anything special. I mean, I guess that's okay. <laughs> Which I suppose when you're looking at it from that uh, that that perspective, it's like he is kind of bland compared to some of the other people that have joined your party up to that point. Yeah, it's like his, his character, uh, his character arc and character development are really, really good. But yeah, when you're looking at it, like just in terms of like what makes him interesting, it's like he is just he's like a chivalrous knight with a, with a big sword. Yeah, like, and I mean, I like that, but but I've never really thought about it from Todd's perspective here, and I guess yeah. I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I always like see, and I like these kind of characters. You I know, do there's too. kind of like uh, Bosch in Final Fantasy XII is one of my favorite characters right. from Final Fantasy XII, and and Bosch and uh, Hendrick in Dragon Quest Eleven, I feel like are very similar characters. Yeah, um, their, their storylines go completely different ways. But just uh, just they kind of have this code that they they stick to it, you know? Yeah. And and no, this is kind of a tangent. But didn't you tell me that Bosch was originally the protagonist of Final Fantasy 12 and it was supposed to be his story from his perspective? And uh, the executives decided that it needed to be from a younger outside perspective uh, to draw more people in. I did not tell you that. I'm thinking that's the case. Like Vaughn and uh, was it Penelo weren't supposed to be the uh, the kind of perspective characters in the game that bought the story is Bosch's story. I think is one of the things I read and that they uh, had to rework some of the stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's one of the reasons that it makes me sad whenever I'm playing it because I don't like Vaughn, but Bosch is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Vaughn is like, Vaughn, I like playing Vaughn. He's one of my favorite characters to play with because he, he you equip him with spears and he hits like seven times in a row. Yeah, that's um, that's what I'd started to do with him before I stopped. Yeah, and uh, so he he's good to have in the party. I think as a fighter, but his character, he, he and Pinello are two of are the two like lamest characters in that whole game. Yep. So so you can thank the thank the failure of Vagrant Story for that that inclusion. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that said like that tangent, uh, entirely to say that that kind of character really appeals to both of us. Like the, uh, the Hendrick Bosch kind of, uh, upright night with, uh, with a slight, you know, I don't want to say dark side, but, uh, they go through a, a really solid arc. Yeah. 
And like, I really like them. And so we're going to talk about Hendrick within the story in just a moment. But we also have that little segment that we like to call Shameless Self Promotion. Shameless. It's a shameless. I'm so shameless. Pay me. Let me quit my job. I'm so shameless. Okay, thanks. Yep. <laughs> so we do have a Patreon page that is at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. And we have lots of goodies there. Uh, you can get a sticker uh, for $3 a month. For $10 a month, you can choose a topic for us to discuss on the show, uh, which is, is pretty cool, I think. And now we are getting very close, getting very close to our one-year birthday of the podcast. Which is insane. And yeah, it, it is kind of crazy that it's one year already. Uh, we're going to be hitting that mark in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we're actually hitting it on May 27th, which is also when they're doing the big reveal for the uh, Adventures of Die video game. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they're showing that off on May 27th, and that is also our one-year uh, birthday, I think, May that's, 27th. That's really first, awesome. First episode went up, yeah. So uh, so now that we're getting close to that, that means that our Patreon page is nearing its one-year birthday as well, which means some of our patrons have been with us an entire year. And so we've been... Basically, the entire year, we've been thinking, like, what would be, like, a cool, like, anniversary gift we could give to patrons? And so we decided on coffee mugs. We thought about shirts, but, you know, everybody wears a different size. Coffee mugs seemed cool because, you know, people like to drink coffee. They like to drink tea. And it's really serendipitous, I think, because not too long after we were thinking about coffee mugs, Square Enix teased the slime teapot that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. And I have it. I pre-ordered it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. Um, so uh, it's it's like it was like twenty five dollars, which from a oh. Square Enix, which from a Square Enix product for twenty five bucks is like pretty inexpensive. Like I didn't realize stuff. it was that cheap for it. Yeah, it was like twenty five bucks, and I mean, you know, it makes it makes my tea for me. So I'm like, heck yeah. So anyway, it's a perfect thing to go alongside your slime teapot. It's true. And it's really cool. It's got a mini metal on the back. You can go to our Patreon page and, and see it, or our Twitter page and see it, uh, where we've shown it off. They came in the mail yesterday. And I'm going to keep one. (laughs) (laughs) Like I got them out and I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. I really do like the mini metal on the back. And this morning I drank my coffee out of it. (laughs) I kept it. (laughs) I don't don't blame you. I would do the same. I was like, (laughs) I I got them, um, ordered the first batch for, you know, our our patrons that are nearing. Because we we have like five or six patrons that are that are going to be with us for a full year pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I went ahead and, and ordered the first batch uh, to get ready to send to those people. Right. So that's been really cool. So just, you know, big shout out to all of our patrons who have been with us so long and sticking with us uh, for like almost a year now. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. We really appreciate y'all for doing that and supporting us. Like that's that's great. You're fantastic people. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if you're one of our new patrons, or even if you're just thinking about joining us, uh, the, the mug thing is something we're going to send out whenever, you know, people reach a year. So it's not like right. a, we're going to stop sending these out. And then I'm already thinking about year two, because I like to think ahead. So I'm thinking about year two. It's going to be a cardboard cutout of my face. <laughs> That's... Hey, that is not absurd, given some of the stuff that we've done at work to people. Like, that is not an insane ask. <laughs> This is a tangent too, but I was going through old photos on my phone the other right. day and, or sorry, not like 
it's like Google Photos, like the app on my phone. It wasn't just photos strictly to my phone, but some of them were from a long time ago. And I found a picture where I'd taken a picture. Do you remember my necklace of shame that I made? Oh, I don't think so. No. Okay. So this is going to sound really mean unless you know me and you know, like the work study, the work studies we had, right? Like we like to joke around with them, right? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We... And so I made this thing called the necklace of shame where I took a piece of cardboard, a square piece of cardboard, and it said something along the lines of like, I have been an embarrassment <laughs> and must now wear this necklace of shame. And I put like, I put like some cord around it. And anytime one of the work studies messed up, um, I would uh, make, it, I would make them wear it. And the thing is, I say make them wear it, but like the work studies thought it was funny. Yeah. So they would put it on. And so I had like a couple of pictures of like Harley or like Evan or some of the other work studies we had, like, like smiling and wearing the necklace of shame. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wonderful. And I do, I do remember that now that you said it. Like, I remember I think I remember Evan sitting at the front desk with uh, with the necklace of shame on. Yeah, he like he like forwarded a call to one of our offices wrong or something. And I made it with a necklace. Which again sounds really mean unless you understand like the relationship, the dynamic that we had. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and so it was all it was all in good fun. So it's just really funny because I found pictures of like people wearing it and they're smiling really big, but then they have this cardboard sign (laughs) that says like they're an embarrassment and have to wear a necklace of shame. So I thought that was funny because I totally forgot about it, and then I just saw this picture and I was like, oh, good memories. Yep, true. So let's talk about Hendrick uh, within the story. Um, so Hendrick, he is, he's a bad guy. I mean, at the beginning, not really yeah. a bad guy, but he's, he's chasing after you and, you know, you're on the run because the king of Heliodor uh, at least seems like he's a bad guy, even early in the game. You're like, what's up with this dude? He's trying yeah. to like throw me in jail and all this stuff. Uh, but Hendrick, you know, he follows the king around. He doesn't know that the king's been possessed by Mordigan or any of this kind of stuff. So he's kind of following these orders blindly. He thinks you're the dark spawn. He thinks you're going to destroy the world. So he has a good reason to hunt you down. He's very persistent. Right. But he eventually does turn uh, over to your side. And even even when he's chasing you, um, like l- like I said earlier in the episode, like I thought it was very apparent that he's a good guy you know yeah yeah he's an antagonist to begin with but he's not a bad guy like he's not a bad person within the game he's just doing what he thinks is right yeah whereas you know jasper definitely seems like a bad guy he's a turd man he is he is a bad person throughout the entire the entire game i was gonna say episode but he's this like sniveling guy he has a ponytail that goes down to his feet I mean, you just know this is one bad dude. <laughs> and we are apologizing to anyone who has a ponytail that goes down to your feet. Uh, we don't think you're a bad person necessarily. What? I don't think anybody in real life has a ponytail down to their feet. I don't know. You never know. I don't know, man. That's pushing it. Like, you just trip over that thing. <laughs> like Ariana Grande. I-, I don't know. Is Ariana Grande a villain, though? Didn't she, like, lick a bunch of donuts and stuff and, like, get in trouble for all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't I'd, know. Like, I'd like a bunch of donuts. I don't know Ariana Grande and her whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. I just know she has a giant ponytail. <laughs> Does she? Yeah. And Jennifer hates it. Jennifer hates her because of her ponytail. <laughs> I legit don't know if I know what Ariana Grande even looks like. You should look up Ariana Grande and the uh, and the ponytail. I don't know. It's I think big. now I'm just happy being like blissfully unaware of things. <laughs> Aww. 
So anyway, Jasper, I feel like it's very apparent that he's a bad guy because he's right. he's this sniveling guy. Even when you even when you encounter him in uh, Gondolia and everything, and you have to fight him, it's like, yeah, this is this is gonna be a bad guy. Whereas Hendrick, it's just kind of like, oh, come on, man, stop chasing me. <laughs> like, leave, <laughs> like, leave me alone. You seem right. like a nice guy. I don't want to have to like murder you eventually. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of the way that the story goes too. At the end of Act One, when you find out that the King of Heliodor is Mordigan, the world ends basically. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, Hendrick he goes off. He frees the prisoners from Cobblestone. He takes them back to I think Cobblestone gets renamed like the Last Bastion. I think that's what two. it is. Yeah. Yeah, and he just you know he becomes this. Everybody calls him like a savior and the hero with like a capital H. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of doing that to. I think to redeem himself, I think he's a good guy, but I think part of it too is because he feels bad for blindly following like this dark Lord's orders, even though he didn't know it was the dark Lord. Yeah. But I also like, I like the fact that when the luminary does show up and he knows that he should apologize to the luminary, there's still like this awkwardness between the two at first where like he's, he's still kind of a little rude to the luminary because the luminary seems like this shrimpy, unworthy guy. And the yeah. luminary doesn't trust him because he's been hunted by Hendrick forever. Right. And so I, I like that. They're just not buddy, buddy from the get go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like from like, the, like, it's not just like Hendrick is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And the luminary is like, no worries, bro. Let's go save the world, man. It's like they, t- they, they have to fight alongside of each other for a while before they become friends. Yeah, and it's it's something that uh, that really makes it seem like a real relationship as opposed to just being, like I've said before, another plot point. Yeah. I also think that, you know, like we said, his act two, the stuff that happens in act two with Hendrick is, is really good because really he's not in act one other than just this guy that's chasing after you. Right. I do think that he's in love with Jade. You might disagree with me on this, and a lot of people might, because I, I, there's nothing necessarily in the game where they flat out like announce their love for each other. But really, when I was playing through the games, both times, really, it seemed like Jade and Hendrick uh, like belong together. <laughs> it it seemed more like they like it, he was just protective of yeah. her, like like almost like a uh, not even necessarily a child, but almost a sisterly kind of thing again. Like it never seemed romantic to me. Really? I think I don't know. Something about Hendrick, I just I got this vibe that he was like really in love with Jade. Honestly mm. though, sometimes I got the vibe he was in love with Silvando. So <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Like they they did have uh have some chemistry. Yeah. So um I mean if I started writing fan fiction, I think I would totally get into like Hendrick Silvando uh, fan fiction. Yeah, they, I mean, just, uh, after the end of like eleven, I th- that's where I, my head goes. It's like Hendrick and Silvando; they get married, they go off on like adventures together. Silvando always shows off, and Hendrick is kind of the prude, but they make it work. <laughs> we we one hundred percent need that buddy cop show. <laughs> like that that needs to needs to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even 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 without romance, Hendrick and Silvando just make like a very uh, a very funny pair. Yeah, they do. Especially with the stuff when Hendrick finds out that Silvando is like the son of this really famous knight. You know, mm-hmm. he's like he finds out that Silvando is Don Rodrigo's son, and it's just lots of funny moments with Hendrick that I really appreciate happening uh, happening in this game. Yep. But yeah, I thought uh, other than his kind of relationships with other members 
uh, of the party, the biggest one we really need to talk about is his relationship with Jasper, because that's kind of this subplot that happened throughout the entire game. Um, that is one of my favorite parts of, of Dragon Quest Eleven. It's very similar to Angelo and what's his name? Marcelo in Dragon yeah, Quest Eight. Marcelo. It's very uh, it's very similar to that kind of storyline, just with a, a few differences here. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a sad story. You know, they're both these young boys training up to become knights. Hendrick, everything kind of comes easy for him. He has right. to be, whereas Jasper has to work extra hard for it. Jasper looks up to Hendrick, feels like he's always living in his shadow, but really looks up to Hendrick. And then, you know, there's that moment in the game where, like, Hendrick, when he, you know, gets knighted and all of this, and it's like a big day, and he just kind of walks past Jasper. Yeah. When Jasper's going to congratulate him, and it like it really makes you feel bad for Jasper. It does, and then the very end of it, like when when they're like the only part about this that I don't like is that I mean it's heartbreaking the entire time, but the the part that I really didn't like is the cliche that they went with. It was like, but I always looked up to you, Jasper. It yep. was it, that that's too much of a cliche for me. Like it happens in almost everything like this. And I did not like the I just wanted to live up to you. It's like, but I always wanted to live up to you. And uh, it's it's too yep. it's too melodramatic and cliche for me. I mean, it honestly didn't bug me. I get where you're coming from. It didn't bug me. But like, it's just it's kind of like the thing with Rab and Jade just, you know, showing up into your party and stuff. It's just like. Yeah, this is what this is what happens in games. <laughs> right. Like this and, is this is just how it goes. So I didn't even think about it like twice, you know. And it's kind of like what were we talking about yesterday where it was lazy writing in Final Fantasy 14. It uh it's one where uh, that's what that felt like to me. It's like there are different ways to handle that kind of relationship, but they went with the with the easy route. I don't know, but I think there's also like earlier parts in that game that are kind of leading like it doesn't come out of nowhere because there's earlier parts you know where it's showing Hendrick like asking Jasper for help because Jasper's right. like read all these books and telling him about things yeah but I don't know you know so I don't know I mean I get it but I just feel like there are better ways to handle it yeah I gotcha I I really liked that uh as much as I didn't like Jasper as like you know, I mean you know you're not right. supposed to really like him but um you know, I really liked that the Hendrick Jasper relationship uh, in in this game. I really appreciated all of that, and uh, that it it both directly and indirectly, you know, ties into the main plot of the game in terms of you know Jasper turning to the dark side and helping yeah. Lord again. And it also kind of mirrors the stuff that happens back in Erdwin's time with Erdwin and Morkent, you know, uh, yeah. turn into the dark side because he's living in Erdwin's shadow and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, it's cool how they, there's like little ripples, you know, that like repeat as time goes on. All right. Famitsu fan survey. Right. Got to talk about it because we've been bringing up every one of these as we go along. I did, I did double check because we mentioned this in a previous episode and it was for any, for, it was internet. It was an international thing. Oh, it was. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, Americans did vote. You remember in another episode I said I thought I remember this happening and I thought I voted for it, but I really couldn't remember that maybe that was just in my head. Right, yeah. Uh, like I mentioned that in one of the like episodes a few weeks back. Anyway, mm -hmm. so yeah, so I guess I, I guess I did take part in this when it happened. I don't know. But anyway, it, it was international. Hendrick was number six. Hmm. 
which is, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he would be because of uh, being later in the game that people might not have gotten there or developed an, a, an attachment to him like they did some of the others. I don't know of any of the ones, you know, Rab was eight, Serena was seven. Yeah. Um. So with like, of all the ones, I, I feel like I say this in every episode where I'm like, man, I can't believe they were like that far back. But Hendrick really gets me. Like, I'm like, I can't believe he was number six. Like, he is really awesome. Like, I put Hendrick in front of like so many characters, maybe arguably all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. And so for me, seeing Hendrick as being uh, so far toward the back is just mind blowing to me. I can't believe he was number six. Yeah, that is that is kind of kind of strange, like because he is so high on our lists. Yeah, like I would definitely, I would comfortably list it as Silvando, Hendrick, and then probably Jade in terms of like the top three for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I, I was surprised that he was number six, but there there you have it. He was number six on that survey. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Like him being that low, just like how because of how good he is. Yeah. So anyway. Huh. Do you know that if they when they did it, like they called him a spoiler or if it was uh, like they used his name? Uh, no, I, be I believe they used his name. Yeah, they, I was just curious. I didn't know if that would be some way to, to influence it. I just. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. So thank you guys for listening to today's episode next week. It is our very final last character spotlight on Dragon Quest XI. We're going to do an episode all over the Luminary. Ooh. We're saving main character for the last one here. Uh, so we're going to talk about him a lot next a week. Lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, we could avoid him forever. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash FM. If you want to talk to me directly, I'm on Twitter at DragonQuaston. You can also read my Dragon Quest blog. That is at DragonQuestAustin.com. I recently beat Dragon Quest X, the version 1.0, uh, over the weekend. And so I compiled all the boss screenshots that are in that game. They look really, really cool, too. I didn't realize that you were going to do that until it got published. And I was like, oh, I like that. Took every, I took pictures of every one of them. It's the Weddy storyline. So, you know, there's a few mix-ups here. Yeah. Uh, but I posted all of those. And then also what Google Translate told me they were called. Because some of them are really funny, I they feel like. They are really funny. So, um, so anyway, posted all of those up. Also uh, had a regular post uh, that came out just the other day about Dragon Quest Seven Because I've been replaying Dragon Quest Seven And reading or looking at pictures, basically, of the Japanese manga series, Warriors yep. of Eden, that's based on it. Uh, so it's been kind of cool and an interesting way to kind of entertain myself uh, during lockdown <laughs> and yeah. quarantine. So, uh, so anyway, so you can find all that stuff uh, on my blog too. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Um, I also podcast every week on the Geek to Geek podcast. Uh, you can find that and more at geek2geekmedia.com. We have blogs, we have video game reviews, we have live streams, uh, all sorts of really cool stuff. You can join us also on Slack and Discord uh, at slack.geek2geekmedia.com and discord.geek2geekmedia.com. We would love to talk and have fun with you. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.